Hello and welcome to episode 6 of The Break, where every week we'll discuss three topics that range from things happening off the court and behind the scenes, as well as trying to navigate the world of NBA Twitter, and our take on possibilities and predictions of things to come. Today it's looking like it's going to be all about the comparisons across the league, who stacks up better, some then versus now, mano y mano, whichever way you guys want to look at it. So we've got the Celtics versus the Thunder, Porzingis versus Jokic, and LeBron versus RJ Barrett. So joining me as always today is Phil Boileau and stepping in or stepping up for Justin, yet to be decided, (laughs) is going to be James Holas. So welcome, James, to your first episode of The Break. Hey, uh, Justin, your spot's gone, brother. I'm here now. I got this. Oh, we gave him fair warning. (laughs) So um, just you guys pencil me in uh, for next week and what time we're going to start. Make sure I have a a chai latte waiting when we start. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, your fellow chai latte fan? Oh, another thing in common. We're definitely good. None for me. Uh, Yeah, and and (laughs) let's not forget for those. (laughs) And for those following uh, Twitter, don't forget, uh, especially Press Basketball's Twitter. James been doing some solid work there, tweeting it live game with the. I like. I'm not gonna say there's a little bit of bias towards a couple teams, but he's been, he's been doing a good job there. And for people who've been following press for that's what uh, gets the people going. It's the people going, and and for those who've been following press for uh, two years, uh, James and I were doing something called the away team, which a is, horrible uh, name. I, I absolutely horrible. I don't think name. there's ever been a name of any podcast or any show that's gotten more flack than that name so i'm glad it's buried at this point <laughs> like what i kept saying why would we the away team is like the picked on team nobody wants to be the away team why would you pick that it was supposed to be it's the team no, like, we're going into no. battle we're the outside we're the yeah, underdogs you know, you're unwelcome yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, I, don't, I don't need to defend this name anymore it's dead it's buried it's and we we we've burnt the bones we've exercised this guy we're done with a break all right, all right. Yeah, well, that's all right. New start. Turn in, new we're, turn, we're turn, New year, new season. Turning over a new maple leaf. All right, so let's start. We're going to start talking about the Celtics and OKC, sort of see how those two guys are facing up against each other. Celtics currently are sitting the first in the East. They've got a win streak of 11, mm-hmm. and OKC is 4-6. and six. How do you guys think they're faring? I mean, they played each other, I think, last week or a little over a week ago. How do you guys think they fared against each other? What do you see going on? Um, so it's really a tale of two cities here. Uh, one of them, they revamped their whole roster with uh, length and versatility. And uh, yeah, I think four players from last year's Eastern Conference uh, Celtics team returned. And they still somehow, you know, they lost Gordon Hayward. They lost their second game. And all of a sudden, they won this, this fabulous run, right? It's 11 in, run, 11 in a row now. Two comebacks from uh, 18 points down in a row. Or in the last six days, they they play together, they play hard, and a lot of that you got to give. The, Brad Stevens deserves a ton of credit, right? He's showing that he's the kind of coach that can extract the most out of whatever roster you give him. And um, I mean, that's they're doing a brilliant job. Jason Tatum, I think people laughed when first Ainge said, "Hey, if we had the number one pick, we would have took Tatum." And we just we made this the trade and we got another asset out of it. People laughed and said, "Yeah, right, Tatum." Tatum's playing like you know, other than Ben Simmons, the best rookie in the NBA. Arguably, arguably, he's up there. He's he's just he's amazing. He's he's poised and he's so polished and he's he's a surprisingly good defender and rebounder. On the other end of the spectrum, the Thunder they added these two All Stars, one in his prime and Paul George, and we we kind of expected them to kind of come out the gates and punch people in the mouth and just be this extravagant offense. When you pair them with uh, Paul George and Melo with Russell Westbrook, and they've struggled. They struggled a lot. They look lost. They're trying very hard to 
it's like they're trying to uh, to be so polite to each other and keep everybody happy that it 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 ends up that they all play like they're neutered, right? Russell Westbrook last year was a dominant force, a force of nature, and now he plays. He looks he looks tentative, which is weird. You never thought you'd see. I, I watched him the other day against Plumlee. He pulled off this play where um oh I don't know if you guys can hear that's my side motorcycle cranking it up. He pulled the play against, he, you know, his little patented mid-range uh, pull-up. He was dribbling into it, right, left, right, left. And all of a sudden, he had the pull-up. And for some reason, he took, like, a little hop step to the left and gave Plumlee a chance to get back. And he got blocked. Plumlee blocked it. Yeah, I just, they're not being aggressive enough. And I think, especially, like you're saying, towards the end, too, they've had a problem with closing out their games. Like, when they played the Celtics, uh, Celtics were down by 18. Yeah. And then OKC couldn't close, and that seems like their biggest thing. Like you said, they're just not moving the ball around enough. So what's what's their problem? Like why, if they've got it going in the first half, what's going on? Um, I, I think a big part of it is like is like you said, lack of focus. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook is so worried about keeping Melo engaged and 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 even you know getting Paul George the ball that he's throwing his own rhythm off, and you can see it. Like he just even when he attacks, he's attacking almost like. For the sake of attacking, instead of attacking the score, it's like, oh, I got to go to the hole now because I haven't gone in a while, and it, it shows. It does. It's, it's not a. It's, it's everything's choppy. Everything's. Uh, they, they just no flow in OKC right now. So, is there one move too many then? Like, like, is it possible that if you could go back in time, would you have undone that that mellow move? You think it's just too many to make cooks in the kitchen? Too? You know what's funny? I up until like two days ago, I was adamant that hey, when you can add talent, you got to add talent. And Mellow's been in a bad situation, and once you get him out of that environment, and you know he gets to spread his wings, he's gonna look a little bit more like the old Mellow. That was my mentality. But after seeing how good Paul George was the other day. And Melo only took like I don't I don't know the number. He had 14 points, and Paul George had like what 47, 45, whatever it was, and Russ had 22. After seeing that, it seems like the dynamic of Paul George filling in the kind of the K, the KD role, the prime scorer because he can shoot so well. Russ being Russ, and then they need a third guy, but maybe Melo's not that third guy. And so, in hindsight, maybe, maybe absolutely, maybe Melo wasn't the move to make. You know, like imagine this same team with Cantor and Doug McDermott as shooters, right? So you got Paul George, you can flank him with Abrinas and McDermott, and you know, Steven Adams is playing like a, the beast that he is. Like, that's a that's a, that's a a pretty good team. But we'll- Well, would you put somebody, they've got problems with defense, obviously, which you'd say is why they can't close some of their games, especially when they're up. Would you put somebody else that's gonna be better for their defense? Like, who would you, who do you think could come in? I would just start Patrick Patterson personally. Well, I just think he would bring some balance there. He doesn't need the rock every time. That's a good call, but and this is where like the personalities come into play. Because we saw what Melo said when they asked him in the preseason, "Hey, what do you think about coming off the bench?" He just laughed. You know, he's like, "Hey, AP, talking to Paul George. They they talking about one of us coming off the bench." That's it. This is where egos come into play, right? Carmelo Anthony is a multiple-time All Star, and sure, he's at the tail end of his like prime, and you know, entering that twilight zone st- uh, stage of his career. But he's not there yet to the point where. Like it, it, it would. It, I don't know. We'll see. Like, if they lose more, does Billy Donovan go to him and say, "Hey, man, it would help us so much if you come off the bench"? And does he? Like Dwayne Wade did that in Cleveland, right? First, it was I, I'm, I'm the starter. They lost a couple of bad games. He said, "Hey, I went to the coach and I said, let's try me come off the bench." Would Would Melo? No, that's how they spin it, obviously, right? The coach goes to him, but he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna let you say that it was your idea." Would Melo do that? Maybe. Uh, Paul George shouldn't do that. We'll 
Yeah, switching back to the Celtics for a minute. So Kyrie's supposed to be out with maybe uh. he had a con- concussion, maybe he didn't. But last I checked, he was still posted as doubtful for playing. So yeah, they're on 11 game win streak. Do you guys see them still the going, or do you think this is gonna? His own teammate. Um, so I'll, I'll, I get to break a little news on the show then. Uh, no, I, they just announced recently he he has a partial break in one of his face in the facial facial bone. So he's okay. yeah he's out tonight. Yeah. Um, do you see this affecting their next couple games, or do you think they can still do it, do it without? Him? Uh, well, I think they're playing the Raptors. I mean, it, they're probably gonna lose, <laughs> right? Uh, no, the Raptors are good. I, th- I think the, I I was one of the long other uh, benches. Good. I was one of those people. No, they're gonna be good, man. It, it, it takes things to time to normalize, and I know that Lowry's not playing great right now, um, and DeRozan's DeRozan's DeRozan. I love DeRozan's game. I, I was one of his big defenders this summer. Against the analy- the analytics crowd was shouting how DeRozan is not a good basketball player. And I said that you're all a bunch of fools. But um, yeah, they're gonna this they're gonna lose either this uh, one of these next couple games because it's one thing to play without Gordon Hayward. Fine, you lost in the first game. Yeah. Another thing to play without Al Horford for a few games. You can't play without your top three guys and expect to maintain that level of uh, and especially considering how young you are, right? Because young guys like like as well coached and as good as they are are gonna make mistakes. And without those veterans, kind of kind of calm that storm if it gets out like if they go down 15 to the raptors i don't know if they're coming back i mean it's e- do you guys see them do you think this gives them sort of an excuse to take it easy a bit for their next couple games until at least maybe he gets healthy again do you think i don't think it's a in their bit DNA of a reason to, take to it sort easy. of <laughs> i mean like 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 i've got to pause right here just give james some props because at the start of the season i was real harsh on these celtics saying how it wouldn't work out now listen i couldn't have foreseen the hayward injury happening but these guys are way better especially especially this bench like like if you just study guys who are like 23 and under on this team you could argue almost their future just based on them is almost as strong as a lot of teams in the league and then you just add three all-stars when two of them are well under 30 um so yeah this is a team that uh, it's it's scary, but the thing is, I, I I don't think these guys know how to play soft. I mean, if you look at who these guys have, like Marcus Smart's not going to play soft. You know, all their bigs off the bench, and like 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 Jalen Brown, I think is going to have um, a nice comeback game. Like he was making some some rookie mistakes, but you know, I I I think this is going to be even without their top players, this is going to be a really tough team to put down. Like 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 most top teams should beat them at this point. But it's one of those teams that you need to be on your game. If you take them for granted, I think they can slip. Because, like, as James said, Brad Stevens is kind of like Greg Pop of, of the East, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, he can take very little and make it, like, like every time we look at the Spurs, we're like, how is this roster doing this? And we're kind of saying the same thing. with and, and, and even more, because they're so young, right? Greg Popovich at least has veterans who have been there, done that, a little bit easier to coach. When you have kids in doing that... I don't know. I think uh, 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 Brad Stevens deserves all the credit for Coach of the Year this year so far. Love it, man. Hey, welcome, welcome aboard to the uh, yeah. welcome aboard the hype train for the Celtics, man. So, um, but I, to, to what to what Megan was saying though, it's like not an ex- I heard you saying not really an excuse, but like people are going to understand, right? They're going to lose, yeah. and it's not going to be like, oh, they lost. What's going on with Boston? They might lose a couple games in a row, and you know, no, I don't think it's going to give them too hard a time because they've been bitten so hard by the injury bug. But um, yeah, I was really high. Well, everyone's been bitten hard by the injury. That's just a seems like it's just we talked about this a couple episodes, but that's just been a thing since the start of the season. I mean, but I can't think of another team that's missing their top three players. Like Boston's been really bitten. Gordon, Al, and now Kyrie. That's 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 a heavy load to carry. Well, you could. See, I, I I mean, in, in a stupid way, you could say Cleveland. 
right. Thomas Rose, but, uh, LeBron of this angle. No, but Le- LeBron, LeBron is LeBron is still playing though. LeBron's still balling. And then Kevin, yeah, no, and, and Kevin Love's still there. So that's two of their top three are still out there. I get it though. Um, and Sixers, uh, who's mid- oh Fultz, but we don't even know what Fultz is yet. So, no, no. so we don't even know what. Uh, uh, which hand he's gonna shoot with? Right. I'm not gonna by. play the injury Olympics though. You're right. It's not a competition. But um, yeah. I mean, Boston. I I still. I, I, are they still a challenger to win the East? Sure. Are they still? Are they a challenger to actually like compete with Cleveland? That remains to be seen because I'm not sure exactly who Cleveland is yet. Right. So, if you put the Thunder in the East, uh, who do you think is the better team at the end of the season? Um, between who and who? Boston and and Oakland. Thund- yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I want to be biased. I think it's tight. I want to be, I want to be biased, but like even you know, even without Gordon Hayward, Boston just they're so deep and they're so versatile that it, it's they're really hard to beat. While OKC has those top three, actually top four guys, right? So Stephen Adams is coming into his own this year, and after that, you know, it's it's kind of a hit or miss thing. Abrines can hit shots sometimes. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant looked pretty good. But other than that, you know, Ray Felton's been really good for them. That's let's shout out Ray Felton. He looks like a he looks like an uncooked pot roast in a uniform. But <laughs> the guy can really play, man. He's he's been really their steady force. He yeah, he's been one of the best backup point guards for a while. He has. Now. He looks like a pork a pork. Remember he looks like man. a pork loin that's wearing some sneakers. But he can uh, he can play. So um, I, I I probably would bet on Boston because I think that culture and like the the defense, the, like the consistency of the defense is a lot better than OKC's right now. Now, as far as top level play, when you got Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that's 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 tough to guard and tough to beat. But um, yeah, I mean it's still early in the season too as well. So I mean there's lots, still lots obviously of basketball to be played left. Um, I'm gonna take this and try and break this off to another (laughs) uh, one of the things I want to talk about just because you mentioned LeBron so you guys a lot of people probably wondering why I would say LeBron versus RJ Barrett but I promise you there is a connection there at least for me Uh, so some of the biggest news that was hyped this week was Canadian high school sensation uh, and what people are calling like the next superstar was RJ Barrett he did his live announcement the other day of what university and so he chose Duke, but that's not really the way I kind of want to go with this conversation, not specifically on that. I kind of want to talk about what the difference is uh, for media now than it was back then. Like you see with him now how much media sensation he's getting, as well as obviously the Ball family. Even we just saw Leandro um, get arrested in China and that's been covered extensively, even though he's so young. So I'm just wondering, like even back, if you want to think back when LeBron was in high school, obviously he was hyped up as well, but was it the same heavy coverage as guys are getting now or do you think because we're in a whole different media and social media world that it's more pressure and that they really have to watch themselves um i i definitely think that uh sorry about that i definitely think that the the today's lands yes clapping (laughs) (laughs) we can always use some applause i think today's landscape is so much is so much tougher for a young player and uh any kind of athlete in general because the the rise of twitter Periscope, uh, Facebook Live, all that. Like, at, in any moment, and sp- I mean, let's think about it. Bron, Bron was two thousand and three. He got drafted, right? right? So his yeah. high school, in, in his high school, yeah. in his high school days, there weren't smartphones. There wasn't this twenty four seven Twitter and Facebook access. So while he was a big star and ESPN covered him, that's good. Like nowadays, every move any player makes, any anything they do is tracked, right? People follow him, they tweet him, they. 
it, like it's reported on and that's just how it is so they're on well even you see with march madness like we have to remember those guys are still really young as well and march madness is always a huge thing but i think you're right like now it's not just about watching the game now it's like people are always are all following these players like and paying more attention to them and sometimes i feel like it gets away from the game and starts to focus on them and their personalities like do you think that's a big thing that we should even really be paying attention to that much um i mean like we shouldn't be but that's just the nature of the beast right swaggy p well it's the nature of fandom too right, right? it's like swaggy p is not even he's not that good a basketball player but he has this huge social media and like popularity following because just because of his, his demeanor and his attitude um Joel Embiid didn't play for his first, what, you know, two years, and people loved him and knew him because of his Twitter. So it's like, yeah. it, it's crazy how not only has the rise of social media and, you know, the, the uh, instant the instant access to our favorite players, uh, not only that, but then the, the anonymity of the internet leads to some of, like, the worst takes. And like, like you said, these are, co these are high school and college kids, and people talk to them and say the worst things. They lose a basketball game and people wish death upon them. You know, oh, because they're 14, 15. Yeah. Now. Oh, like, my like, God. I like these grown men who are 40 years yeah. old, like picking them yeah. apart and oh, judging you, them you like suck. they're 30. You better learn how to shoot. Veteran. I hope my team doesn't draft you. Like, these these are terrible. Like, in, in the, if you think about it, these are terrible things to say to somebody, but these guys read this all day long on their Twitter feeds. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a weird way. I, I think, like, I say this all the time Twitter's the best, Twitter's the worst. Because look, like, us three here, I'd never have met you guys if not for Twitter. We're having this great podcast right now. But then again, like some of the some of the worst things in the world happen, and like people get death threats. I mean, um, I've, you can find cases of people that had Twitter beefs and people got shot over them. So like, it's it's the best and the worst, man. It's, it really is. And I, I think in a few years, we still we're still not sure the impact of this anonymity and like the lack of empathy people have for each other. And I, I'm saying that cause even though my, I myself have been kind of harsh online sometimes, it's true. But I think I'm kind of the same way in person, though. I, I, I wouldn't say things online I wouldn't say in person. And um, it's just, yeah. So for a player like R.J. Barrett, I mean, he grew up in the... In, Good luck to him. Well, he, he grew up in this age, right? Like how, yeah. So, like, yeah, that's true. He, he, Although he's a pretty quiet guy. Like, I feel like you don't hear about him the same way you hear about some of these other recruits. Like, like um, I, was, uh, I was looking online. I was like, it's funny how, to me, LaMelo Ball has a bigger following now when he's in high school than... Like, you hear more about him now than you heard about LeBron James just coming out of high school back in the day, you know? And he's not even close to the level of player. But the thing is, the Ball family and all this are, like, like I'm not going to uh, segue too bad, but but just to, you know, spin the positive, this is a giant marketing, you, you know, machine. Like, the fact that these guys yeah. can can get their name out there. They're already making, where... they've already signed, like, shoe deals and clothing deals, and they're not even, you know, they might not uh, even be basketball stars at all like we don't know it's still really early for for some of them it's just but tough because it's kids right deals. like 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 these people are 15 16 look we're 15 16 like hell I'm, I'm saying dumb as hell shit now like when i was 15 16 like and i had access to twitter people were actually following me like like oh, imagine God, being yeah. uh, imagine <laughs> being that age everyone loves you you have like a hundred thousand people following you and and you're just like whatever you say yeah. it is money you know yeah. And, and then everyone else, like, you can't help but live in your ego because when you don't, as James said, there are all those guys who are just smashing you down. So the only way to battle that is to live in the compliments, right? But then when you sit in that, you get guys that come, like, like I'm actually really surprised a guy like Lonzo Ball came out and seemed so damn humble, you know? Yeah. Like, he was one of the outliers, but I, 
I think what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of entitled player. I mean, play, players. I mean, look, that's the big complaint a lot of people have about millennials in general, right? There's a lot of entitled people. You're going to have basketball players who can market themselves, look at what the ball family's doing shoe-wise and contract-wise, and just all right, but being out there. But you can say millennials, but like you just said, you've got like 40, 50-year-old men that are, you know, trashing these high school kids. So it's not just young people. Like, especially, I feel like it's it's generally been a problem for a lot of people. Oh, anybody with that. a computer or phone pretty much and i'm just saying for these guys coming yeah. up uh, uh, they can write their own narrative in in a large way whereas before it would have been based on the guy's agent spitting that well out. i mean not yeah. not hold on let's let's back up you guys know who baby who Bar- uh, baby jordan was harold minor yeah. so like he came up in the era without all that stuff and i mean he wrote his own narrative because we found out he was really a bum in the nba but he was baby Jordan and he was hyped and, and splashed all over the newspapers too. So I, I think just because the hype machine is louder and more constant doesn't mean it's new. We've always kind of, yeah. we've always kind of hyped players. We've always kind of done this with players and, and um, you know, with the ball family, their dad is like PT Barnum, right? He, he sold, he sold a bill. No, he sold a bill of goods. And guess what? The first son might pay off. And even with the first son, look, let's, let's real quick. I'm not, I'm not going to drill into Lonzo. Lonzo's going to be a good player. Right? I think he's going yeah. to be a fine basketball player. He'll be fine. Now, th- there are people who write about his generational skills and superstar. He has shown none of that. He didn't show it in high school. He got to college for one year when he averaged like 16 points a game. And he still, and somehow his dad and, you know, a lot of the media is complicit with this too. They picked up on it. Now he's just, he's a budding superstar. I don't see it. And maybe, he, and, and now from what we see in the NBA, he's going to get drilled because the expectations are so high. You know what I'm saying? So... I'm not even sure if he's the top one or two point guard in his own. Oh, class. right now he's definitely not. I, and I'm not going to sit here and I, I, everyone likes to be right. So when I said back in January and February, I, I don't see the superstar burst everybody else is seeing. I don't see, like when I when I watch a, a guy uh, in college and they kind of pop off the screen, I go, oh crap, that guy has something. I never saw that with Zach. Right? I saw it with Josh Jackson. Um, I didn't even see him Jason Tatum. I thought he was good, but I didn't see it. But you know, some guys you just see that you look at them play, and after they do something, and just makes you kind of sit up. I never saw that with Zach. Um, so like, oh, you got to get. Uh, you should give yourself props for calling Donovan Mitchell too, though. Right? Uh, I, yes, I, I love. I watched Donovan. In, in, I'm just saying, if we're gonna talk about point guards who are flopping and, and things people are calling. Um, Donovan looked really good in spurts. He's struggling a little bit right now too. But yes, I I was all in on his his train early early on, uh, like January February too. He looks he looks he's gonna be good. He is. He's just not ready right well, now. Well, quickly before before we get too down in the weeds, far yeah. off topic, I'm gonna try and make a smooth segue. Well, <laughs> again, speaking of Twitter and speaking of the next big thing, that's my smooth segue. It went well. Thank you. Uh, that was pretty <laughs> slick. Now, now, hey, you you, yeah. you pulled us out of the weeds. We were falling down to the weeds. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, so Twitter seems to be gunning hard for Jokic to be the next big thing, but I have to ask a question: Where does that place Perzingis? <laughs> Do you guys see them stacking up? I know James. I think you have some strong feelings about this. I've been told. So my thing was a little bit so in the summertime, right? <laughs> this is what the summer summertime NBA Twitter's like again the best and the worst because we talk about the NBA nonstop and it's always somewhere to get new ideas well we finally they finally they actually matched up the other week so at least it was an early part in the season where we got to see them sort of go hand in hand next to each other well it was who do you think came out the winner of that uh it was porzingis i think porzingis right now is the better player and so one of them it's all about one guy is all like efficiency and even though he does produce Jokic produces too but he's not the it's hard it's so hard to put this into words but the fact that you can porzingis can go out and get you 
35 and 40 and you know six swats he can actually protect the rim that's what i want for my big man while yeah Jokic's big thing is efficiency man he'll, he'll give you 20 and so he'll he'll explode every now and then for 20 or 30 whatever he'll give you 20 and he'll, he'll rebound well and he's these great passes um but you you hardly ever see him just take over the game while porzingis has been a one-man wrecking crew that's what i want for my number one player and that's where i come from i said this summer i, I think i tweeted i would take chris Stapps over porzingis to sleep like a baby and the efficiency crowd jumped on my head are you crazy? Jokic is so much this, and because there's no games to watch in the summertime, that's why I hate NBA Twitter. They just kind of they, whatever story they're telling themselves becomes canon. It becomes the the truth, and that's what it is. You know, like this summer, it was also well, Jokic is so much better than Boogie. But I'm pretty sure we're, we're from what we're seeing Boogie Cousins right now. You can't tell me that Jokic is so much better than him. You know what I mean? So yeah there's there's a sect i call them them tm you know but there's a sect of twitter that's so interested in the numbers they don't they seem like no matter what their eyes say it's oh it's the numbers and they're so efficiency obsessed that it gets annoying and that's where the yokic over chris Epps crowd comes from now chris Epps taking a leap this year he's he's definitely to me he's one of the like you know he's a top 10 player right now the way he's playing so um we have a long season ahead of us right i think paul jo- yeah absolutely yeah paul george a couple years ago looked like you know he's having like 28 and I don't know, 28, 7, and 6 before, you know, December, and then he, he tailed off. So it, it all depends. But um, I, I definitely, I still like Chris Depp's Batman. I like Chris yeah. And I think that's a good a good note to end on. We do have a long, a long season ahead of us. So I, I think we're only in, what, week three or week four? So obviously, yeah, we're there's still uh, most of the season. Megan, Megan, know, Megan, Megan, Megan. Whatever we see right now, yeah. is it's, that's going to happen the rest of the season. So I can say. Yeah, you think the Cavs? I, yeah. going to have a 29 PR I, I can season. say that the Celtics are going to go like, you know, 69 or 72 and but 10. But you think Cleveland? You can't say that with Cleveland I'm, sitting in the I'm being fa- I'm being that, facetious. Which, then you're going to get the DMs. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But no, honestly. And the second and third best teams in the East being the Pistons and Magic, of course. Honestly, my thing with Cleveland is if they're like a lot of their stuff. I'm hold- No, I'm holding you to that line that this is what we see now is going to be Lord. the year. I'll come back in. I'm going to be a kill for this. I'm going to talk to you about hey. that in a couple months. Oh, with the Bucks and but Cavs. Real quick, I got to say, hey, hey, Cleveland, a lot of their stuff not effort-based because Derek Rose just isn't very good, and Dwayne Wade isn't that great either. So we'll see when Isaiah comes Maybe back. We'll see when Isaiah comes back what really changes, but their defense is still abysmal. So Perfect. Well, thank you, James, for joining us today. Justin is officially on notice, so, you know, you're uh, you're on the bench for right now, but, you know, we might uh, have to sit Justin again. So he's on notice. Okay, Cav- hey, so- hey Cavs-, Cavs Anita, <laughs> say bye to your spot, baby. I'm coming for I'm, you, buddy. I'm coming I'm for you. I'm gunning for that spot. And thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil, as well. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in today and hope you enjoyed the show. And let us know if you guys agree with us, if you disagree with us. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want. Just let us know how you're feeling. And make sure you also catch up with us next week uh, when we cover all the latest stories in basketball and the NBA. And also don't forget to head over to PressBasketball.com to follow all of our original content as well. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Press Basketball. So thank you guys, and we'll catch up with you again, I'm sure, later in the season. We're lonely. Come say hi. Maple Leaf for life! (laughs)